Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. This book can change your life. I say it can change your life because really that's down to you, not down to God. How much you lean in, how much you listen, how much you say to God, you can change me, you can challenge me, you can interrupt me, you can come and tell me stuff. When you give God that signal, He comes and He begins to speak to your life. And some of you desperately need a word in your life right now and God's gonna speak and I don't want you to miss it because you're distracted or you're pulled in a different direction. So I want you to focus right now. So God, we right now, we stand and we honour Your Word. We live our life surrounded by opinions. God, at times it can feel so confusing to know which way to go. But God, all we have to do is come to You. You that are the way, the truth and the life to open Your Word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And God, I know that Your Word is powerful and it does not return void. And so God, I ask right now that You would soften the soil of every single person in this room, that their heart would be receptive, that their mind would be open, that their hands would be ready. And I pray that tonight there would be a decision made, there would be a commitment made, there would be something that happens in the individual's hearts that leads to a transformation tonight. So they don't just get information, but God, we're asking for an impartation. And God, I ask as always that I would get out of the way so that You can have Your way. In Jesus' Name, Amen and Amen. You may take your seats. So there was some guys in a boat going about their daily tradition, routine of life, minding their own business, discussing what had happened that day. And as they are in the boat, having their own conversation, Jesus walks by. As he walks by, he simply says two words, follow me. He doesn't stop and explain what follow me means. He doesn't invite a conversation for them to ask him, well, where would we be going? He says, follow me. And he continues walking. And at the sound of those two words, these men, who had a whole livelihood, relationships, a whole place where their roots were put down, community, friendships, people that relied on them. At the sound of those two words, they left everything that they knew to follow someone they did not know. There was something so magnetic about Jesus that when He spoke those words, it was like a rod into their soul that began to pull them towards their destiny. And they weren't questioning and they weren't doubting. They just began to follow Him. And from that day forward, they began the journey of becoming His disciples. 
Every day after that one day, they would be a disciple. The root word for the word disciple means to become a student. That day, they committed to a lifetime of study, a lifetime of learning from the one who had answers that no one else held, a lifetime of listening and a lifetime of watching and observing the ways of the one who knew the way, who knew the truth and who was the life. They became a student of Jesus. They lived the rest of their days following Him. And I'm here to challenge you tonight because many of us can remember a moment in our life where as it were, Jesus came by our boat. There was a moment for many of us where just like the disciples, we heard the gospel, we heard about this Jesus, we heard about the hope that He had, the healing that He offered, we heard about the journey that was possible if we gave our life to Jesus and in our own ways we left our boat. And we said no more to a life without Him. And we began to take the same steps as those disciples and follow Him. The only problem is that unlike the disciples, many of us followed for a while. But after a while, we kind of have a conversation that goes something like this with God. Hey God, love you. Grateful for you. But you know what? Life's kind of full and I have all these things going on. So if you don't mind, I'd like to flip this relationship around. And if you don't mind, I'd prefer it if you would follow me. Like I'll choose where I wanna go. And then if you could just follow along with that, I'd like you to bless me in my choices. I'd like you to put your hand on the things that I want you to put your hand on. I'd like you to say okay to the relationship that I've decided is okay. God, if you don't mind, I'd like you now to follow me because I think that's a better way around for this relationship to work. And I'm here to let you know there is no such deal. It is not the way that this relationship works. That God is not one that follows you. You are called to be one that follows Him because James 4 verse 8 says, if you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. And some of you in here are desperate for a touch of God. Some of you in here are desperate for a miracle in your marriage. You're desperate for a breakthrough in an area of your life. And I'm letting you know, It is not gonna change until you decide to begin to follow Him with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul. God is not gonna cut you a side deal. You are called to be a follower, to be a student. Maybe we have so much information, we've stopped seeking revelation. So many opinions, we've stopped seeking the truth. We're so immersed in culture that we've stopped seeking first the kingdom and our excess has caused us to seek Him less. But you are a seeker. I know we use that word sometimes in church. 
And we say, let's be seeker sensitive. And so we automatically assume we no longer are a seeker because we have found Jesus. But I'm here to let you know, no, we are all seekers. Every single day, you should be seeking His face, seeking His ways, seeking His Word. And if you ain't seeking, there's only one other thing you're doing. And that is hiding. Right from the beginning, if we go all the way back to Genesis 2, the very first plan of the enemy, the very first scheme that he came up with was to get those that were walking with God in the cool of the day. Adam and Eve had a relationship where they were following after him, where they were listening to him, where they were talking to him. And the first scheme of the enemy was to come in and create in them a reason for them to feel they must hide from the one that previously they had been seeking. The first thing they did when sin entered was they became hiders instead of seekers. And ever since that point, the enemy has had the same strategy. He wants to hide you in your problem, hide you in your shame, hide you in your pride, hide you in your agenda, hide you in the greed, hide you in your bitterness. He wants to get something on you that will cause you to become a hider because he knows what you need reminding of tonight. He knows the Word of God that tells us that if you seek Him, you will find Him. So He don't want you seeking. He don't want you seeking because He knows the end result is when you seek Him, you'll find Him. And I'm here to remind you, Healing Place Church, that you're called to be a seeker. When our kids were younger, their favourite game was hide and seek. Free parent advice, okay, just for a moment. What is there not to love about hide and seek? Number one, your kids hide. Number two, they stay quiet whilst they hide. And number three, it's free. So we used to play this game all the time. I was always up for a game of hide and seek. And on this one occasion where our kids were little, um, I was seeking and the kids went to hide. Our son, Noah, he's the youngest. He was always really good at hiding. Hope, my daughter, she was always easier to find. So I quickly found Hope. But as I found Hope, after I'd found her, the phone rang. And so the phone rang, so I went to answer the phone and it was a friend who was having a little crisis. And so we're getting deep into this conversation and she's crying and I'm praying for her and we're like deep in a conversation. And then I hang up the phone and as I hang up the phone, the laundry starts singing to let me know the load is done. So I go in the laundry and I'm pulling out the wet clothes and I'm folding the dry clothes. 45 minutes later, I have a moment, an epiphany where I'm like, oh my word, I'm playing hide and seek and I've only found one child. (laughs) There's still someone hiding, thinking mama is still seeking. And so I went back around the house, trying to find Noah, who for 45 minutes thought the game was still on. And eventually I found that he climbed under the bunk beds and because he'd been waiting so long to be found, he was fast asleep. And as I was preparing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, tell them, it's not that the miracle's not there. It's not that the breakthrough's not in the house. 
It's not that the thing that they're asking me for is out of reach. It's just they stopped seeking and it fell asleep. But all they have to do is get back to being a seeker and wake up the dream, wake up the promise. Some of you forgot. Your marriage got hard and you just couldn't be bothered seeking Him for healing anymore. You were so disappointed, you just hid behind your disappointment and you stopped seeking Him for breakthrough anymore. And in 2024, I believe that God wants to bump you into so many promises, so much provision, so much opportunity, but He's not gonna bring it to your boat. He's gonna say, you're gonna have to seek with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And so I wanna take you to a story in the Bible where someone, their entire life was changed simply because they decided to seek. The story is familiar, I'm sure, to many of you. But see, the thing is, when you seek God in the Word, you don't just see the familiar, you see the forgotten and you see the hidden and you see what no one else can see. Some of you are like, there's nothing in here, Lord. Oh, let me tell you, there's plenty in here, but you gotta seek it to find it. So I'm gonna take you to a story. It's in Luke 19 and it's about a guy called Zacchaeus. This man went from being hidden to being found, from being confused to becoming clear, from being isolated to being included, from being a fraud to being a follower. This man was on a journey of deciding one day, I am gonna seek. And as he decided, he began to find. Luke 19, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Note that. These details are in the Bible so that you take note. It's letting you know Jesus wasn't planning to stop here. This was not where he was gonna do crusade. There was no camp that was gonna be set up here. This is simply somewhere that Jesus is passing through. So Jesus is passing through Jericho and there was a man there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He would have been at the business leaders meeting this morning. He was someone in the community that had a business, someone that had influence, someone that had all the things the world tells you you need to be successful. And yet he's empty. And so this man, it says, decided that he wanted to see who Jesus was. The first thing I wanna challenge you, healing places, are you willing to seek to see? What is it that you want to see in 2024? What is it that you're gonna go, I wanna see this aspect of Jesus. There are so many aspects of Jesus from being a healer to a provider, from being your guide to being your wonderful counsellor, from being the one that gives you overflowing joy to the one who comforts you in the bottom of a pit. There's so many sides to Jehovah Jireh, to Jehovah Rapha that you and I are able to come and see, but we're gonna have to decide. Zacchaeus just decided, I want to see. He'd heard Jesus was coming through. He'd heard about Jesus, but something inside him was like, I don't wanna just hear, I wanna see. I wanna see what his shoe game's like. 
I wanna see how big He is. I wanna see how He communicates to people. I wanna see with my own eyes this Jesus. And I wanna say to someone in the room right now, are you not tired? of listening to everybody else's testimonies of how they've seen Jesus move. Don't you wanna see Him for yourself? I know He healed your friend's marriage, but don't you want Him to heal yours? I know their prodigal came back, but don't you wanna see Him bring back yours? I know they got a miracle in their finances, but don't you want one in yours? He can do it for you too, you know, but you've gotta decide, I want to see. He decided, I want to see. Check what happens next. This is exactly what will happen when you decide you want to see. He said, I want to see who Jesus was, but I'm short. And all the short people said, all of our issues are covered in the Bible. It's amazing. Even short people issues, we got you. Zacchaeus is like, I want to see, but... I have something stopping me. And when you get ready to say, I'm so desperate to see God move in my life, your excuse will show up. Yeah, but you know, if I were you, I, I, I wouldn't get carried away. You know, but I really wanna see, I really wanna see God give me freedom. But yeah, you don't wanna sign up for that freedom cost. I mean, you're a guy. Guys don't go to those kinds of things. Your excuse, your big fat excuse shows up every single time. I wanna see God bless me. I wanna see God restore me, but I don't wanna let anyone know that I actually have an issue. So God, could we get a side deal where you kinda sort my mess out and my dysfunction out in private because I don't want anyone to know that I actually have a problem because I'm like the chief tax collector. I'm like a big deal around here. You have to decide what do you love more? Your problem or the answer? Your pride or your deliverance? Your problem or your freedom? because you can't get the answer living in proximity to the pain and the problem. You can only get the answer when you lift your life and move it in the direction of the healer and the deliverer and the provider. I wanna see Jesus, but there's gonna be a crowd and I'm short and I don't know if it's worth it. But then this is what Zacchaeus decides. He says, so instead what he did was he ran ahead of the crowd and he climbed a sycamore fig tree so he could see. And I want to say to someone in the room tonight, it's time to climb the tree. Climb the tree over your pride, 
over your excuse, over your what will people think, over I don't know if it's for me, I don't know if I want to be that committed, climb the tree because you'll never see your breakthrough while you're living in proximity to your problem. There's a tree that you must climb and your desperation to see Him should get you up any tree that God needs you to get up. And you're saying by climbing the tree, I'd rather see Jesus I don't care what people think. I don't care what they say. I'm so desperate to see Him. I'll climb whatever tree is necessary. Climbs the tree. Then it says this. When Jesus reached the spot. What spot? I just read A few moments ago, Jesus is passing through. There is no spot that we're stopping at today. But see, Jesus always knows when someone's trying to see Him. I don't think Jesus had security with earpieces. Okay, Jesus, okay, Jesus, all right. Tree on the right, tree on the right. Tree number three, wealthy man up tree. Wealthy man up tree. We need an offering right about now. Let's get him down the tree. Let's get a good offering and let's get out of here. I don't think that was going on. Jesus knew. Wait a minute, everything stop. Someone is trying to see me and he stops under the tree. No, he didn't stop at his door. Well, God, if you could just do me a house visit. You draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Stops under the tree. And he says the most powerful thing he could possibly say, Zacchaeus! Wait a minute. He knows his name. I mean, I just was desperate to see, but now everything's changed because I'm desperate to see him, but he sees me. And you know why it was important that he shouted out loud the name Zacchaeus? Because this is what the name Zacchaeus means. Zacchaeus means pure and innocent one. This man was anything but pure and innocent. He was stealing from his neighbours. He was overtaxing the people that he was supposed to take tax from. He was lying and he was cheating. He was not pure and he was not innocent. But when you try to see Jesus, Jesus sees who he called you to be. And Jesus is like, I know that's not who you are right now, but I'm telling you that is who you will be. Hey, pure and innocent one. Who, me? I see you. Some of you have no clue who you really are. You're looking for your paycheck to define you, your next relationship to define you. You're confused about your own sexuality, trying to figure out through scrolling through social media your identity. There's only one 
Who knows who you are? Because He formed you in your mother's womb and He will call out of you what He placed in you. I don't care if they told you you were a loser and I don't care if they labelled you a failure. When He sees you, He calls out Zacchaeus, pure and innocent one, chosen, beloved, blessed son. But it's no good just wanting to seek to see Him. You have to take the next step. And the next step you're not gonna like, but we're locking the doors so you can't get out the building right now. It's about to get hot in here. We're like, okay, I can, I can deal with that. All right, I'll try to seek to see Him more. Yeah, but after you seek to see Him, He's gonna ask you to do what He asked Zacchaeus to do. Zacchaeus, come down. Because today I must stay at your house. Come down immediately because when you seek to see, you also have to be willing to seek to stay. Jesus is like, I'm glad you're in the treetop, but I gotta get you to the tabletop. I don't want to look up this way to you. I want eyeball contact here with you. I need you to sit down and we need to be together for a while because there's some things I need to help you with. So you're gonna have to stay. Where are all my runners in the room? Arrive late for service, out the door before the last song. You're like, thank you very much for the blessing, but I am out of here. Sunday, the pastor's like, hey, fill in a connect card. You're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You pick one up, you put it in your bag, pretend to fill it in. You walk right past the connection desk, right past the next step desk, thinking to yourself, I ain't giving you my cell phone number. You might actually call me. And I don't want no one to call me because then you'll know me. And I want you to know me because then you'll ask me to come to next steps. And I don't need no next steps. I just was just passing through. Twenty twenty four is your year to stay. Some of you, that's why your life is a relational disaster. Because every time the conversation comes anywhere near something that makes you feel awkward, <laughs> you suddenly remember you have a very important errand. You're calling your own self on your cell phone, begging it to ring. Anything but stay at the table. And you wonder why 2023 looked like 2021, looked like 2020, looked like 2019. The reason is because though you're seeking to see Him, you're not willing yet to stay. And until you stay, we can't help you unwrap your dysfunction. Until you stay, we can't help you get on a better path. That's why you need to sign up for the freedom course that starts in a couple of weeks. You gotta sign up and come. You're like, oh, I don't think it's for me. <laughs> I don't know, they're gonna ask me things and I'm gonna feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, but what if by staying, you actually mature and you get deeper with God and you get a breakthrough and you get an answer that you don't find when you run. So I've been coming to this church for forever, but never taking the next steps. 2024 is your year to stay. I remember we were playing hide and seek. 
because we still play hide and seek. Our daughter is turning 21. Our son's turning 18. We have friends who also have adult kids. And every now and again, we all as adults play hide and seek. It's good. You should try it. It's fun and it's free. And so we were playing hide and seek in our friend's house. And I was hiding. My best friend was seeking in her own house. I knew the cupboard with all the junk in it. I'm like, I know exactly where I'm going to hide. I got in that cupboard and I was in there. I mean, I just wasn't in there. I mean, I went in there and I put the bags on top of me, the ski jackets, the boots, the carry. I like, like I had stuff on me. I was in there camouflage, like good style. And so she goes looking around the house. She opens the cupboard doors. I'm right in there, closes the cupboard doors, goes off looking around the house, comes back again, opens the cupboard doors, closes the cupboard doors. Three times this goes on. But if she just stayed for a few seconds longer, she would have seen things moving in the cupboard that do not move by themselves. And she would have heard, because I was dying in there. But her impatience, her impatience wouldn't stay past a first glance. So she missed the very thing she was looking for. And I want to say to you, some of you fling open the house of God doors. You fling open the house of God doors and you jump in. You're like, oh, I didn't feel anything. Oh no, my finances are still a mess. Oh no, I don't feel a breakthrough yet. Nothing in there. But if you just stay, if you just Stop putting your money in, taking your money out, shake it all about and actually do what the Bible says and tithe. Why does He tell you to tithe? Because there's somewhere where your money needs to stay. That's why the Bible says planted in the house, you'll flourish. Why? Because He wants you to stay. We went recently to Rome with our family for our daughter's birthday. And when we were in Rome, we'd go up and down these streets and I just became aware that it felt like on every street, there was a big tourist shop selling all these tourist trinkets. But right across from the tourist shop, I would see that there was an, a, a set of tape that was put around some ground to let us know that somebody is digging here. Someone's discovered something underneath the earth here. And so you can't walk here because there's something we think there is to be discovered further down. And, and as I'm walking, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Charlotte, help my church. Because they would rather go to the trinket shop than they would dig for treasure. And I wanna let you know, I know you have a fridge magnet <laughs> with scriptures on it. God bless you and your fridge magnet, but your fridge magnet is not gonna hold you in a time of crisis. It's only a revelation that can hold you in a time of shaking. And it doesn't matter if you've got it on your dishcloth and your fridge magnet and written on your journal. It doesn't matter if you have it written around the house. If it's not in you as a truth that has been dug down deep inside of you, it can't hold you. Stop listening to podcasts. <laughs> Quoting podcasts. It's a trinket. I, I do podcasts, they're great. But at the end of the day, it's my revelation. It's not yours. So all I'm doing is inspiring you to go get a shovel and dig for yourself. 
But if all you do is quote people's podcasts, you'll never mature. You'll never grow because you're not willing to stay. You're like, Charlotte, I have never seen this about Zacchaeus in the Word before. Yes, I know. Because to you, the story of Zacchaeus was a song that you sang in Sunday school and a cutout of a man up a tree. And you're like, yeah, I've read that. I know it. But when you open the Bible, you're like, there must be something else in here that I've missed. And I'm not leaving these verses until you show me, Holy Spirit, the treasure that's in here. This is a book full of treasure, but you got to dig for it. Maybe this year is your time to stay. Zacchaeus, come down. The treetop's good, but the tabletop's better. Sit with me a while. Talk with me a while. Because Jesus knew if I can get Him from the treetop to the tabletop, if I can get Him from seeking to see to seeking to stay, then the third thing will happen. And I believe the third thing will happen for you because what happens next does not come from Jesus. What happens next does not come because one of the disciples tells Zacchaeus this is what he should do. What happens next comes from deep within this man who a moment ago didn't know this was on the inside of him. And it says, as they're sat talking, it says, Zacchaeus, verse eight, stood up. And he stood up and on his own initiative, he says to Jesus, Lord, Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What's happening? Well, when you seek to see and then you seek to stay, something inside you seeks to stand. The real Zacchaeus all of a sudden is trying to stand up. He's like, I know they call me a liar and I know I've done bad stuff, but the more I stay at the table with Jesus, the more I realize that's not who I am. It is not who I am. It's not who I want to be. It's not who I'm going to be. And the real Zacchaeus begins to stand up. Can I say to some of you with all the love in my heart, you've been coming to this church for a long time. Your derriere imprints are on that seat that you always sit on. But maybe this year, it's time to stand. You're waved into the parking lot every single weekend by someone that's been here far long less than you. You've got used to being served by all of the hospitality. You drop your kids off, not even thinking about once serving in kids' work. You've attended small groups, but never once stood and said, I'll lead one. You tell people to go to next steps, but you've actually never been on it. You applaud people that have given to help the dream team, but you yourself have never contributed nor served on a dream team. And I'm just here to let you know, sometimes you have to let God take you to the place where you realize, man, something in me this year needs to stand. There are leaders in this room. There are small group leaders in this room. There are freedom leaders in this room. There are prayer intercessors in this room. There are dream teamers in this room. There are worship team members in this room. There are community outreach leaders in this room. There are business givers in this room. There are difference makers in this room. But because the enemy doesn't want you to stand, he has you hiding. 
you don't stand when you're hiding. I mean, when you're hiding, the whole thing is that you don't stand. You get low, you cover yourself up. And I'm here to let you know the enemy has played with you. And he's been winning with the game with you because you thought you were protecting yourself with all that hiding, but actually you're not protecting yourself. You're keeping yourself from God's best for your life. And I came all the way from the other side of the ocean to say to someone in the room tonight, it's time, it's time for you to stand. It's time for you to make some decisions. It's time for you to stop rushing by where you need to stay. It's time for you to actually walk up to someone and say, I need a conversation. I need to make myself accountable. It's time for somebody to say, I just need you to know, I need to serve. Put me anywhere. I don't care where, it's just time. I need to serve. I've been serving God all my life. Been in the same church all my life. Been with my husband for 32 years, raising kids that are now in their 20s. Let me tell you, there were many, many, many times when I did not wanna stay. I didn't wanna stay as the pastor. I didn't even like my church and I was leading it. I didn't wanna stay in my marriage because when I married him, it was Prince Charming and somehow he became Shrek. <laughs> I didn't wanna stay and parent those kids when they found their teeth and began to find they had vocabulary. I was like, you were cute when you had a pacifier in your mouth. Now you can leave, but you can't kick your kids out at age three and age five, you get in trouble with the law. So I had to stay. I'm not up here preaching something that I'm not telling you I'm living to. I'm about to emigrate the only nation I've ever known as my home. I'm about to pack up my entire family, my entire life. We're about to leave our house, leave our relatives. We're not taking one thing with us. We're about to do the biggest move of our life. And part of me fights, oh, I don't know what might happen. What, what if we can't afford it? What All the things that you would go through in your mind, go through my mind too. But why am I saying, no, it's time to stand? No, it's time to move. Because as a family, we made a commitment. We got out of our boats as a family. We said, as for me and my household, we're gonna serve the Lord. And we began to follow and we began to seek and we began to find. And I'm telling you, I ain't slowing down because now I'm 50. I ain't wrapping this thing up because now I want my rocking chair and my retirement. I wanna go out with a bang. I wanna go out serving God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. <laughs> Healing place. Where is it time to get back to seeking? Some of you are very eloquent in complaining. Maybe God's just going, hush your mouth. Just start to seek. Because if you seek me, you'll find me. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And at the end of this entire passage, this is how it ends. Jesus says these words. Today salvation has come to this house because this man is also a son of Abraham. 
For the Son of Man came to what? To seek and to save the lost. The very DNA of God is that He is a seeker. So if you are His son and you are His daughter, surely the same DNA is in you as is in Him. It's just time to get back to seeking Him in the Word. Some of you, you need to blow the dust off, literally. Some of you have to go search your house to find this thing, but go find it. And I know you might say, God, I've just not heard you speak to me through the Word for so long. I just don't know that there's anything that I'm gonna find. Give it a go. Just say, God, I'm coming with a heart that's seeking. I'm stopping to pretend that I have all the answers. I just wanna see you. I just wanna know you. Come in the building, not as an attender and not as a spectator, but as a seeker. I just wanna feel you. I just wanna see you. I just wanna experience you. Be a part of the house, not as someone that just partakes, but says, I just wanna stand and I just wanna serve. And I wanna seek to make a difference. 2024, we talk about revival. Oh God, send revival. God's like, I sent it. It's called the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. The problem is many of you live as if He's not there. And it's time for you to get up and wake up and begin to activate the same power that raised Christ from the dead that lives in you and lives in me. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.